batter up. gentlemen and good morning welcome in to a new edition of the batter up podcast part of the sports insanity network mike griffkin along with danny boy reginald dan Rines, and dan for the first time we could say this is the first batter up podcast during major league baseball season how are you my friend oh good Baseball's here. It's a great time of year. And to all the non-baseball fans or the baseball haters, guess what? Until November, this is life. It's nonstop baseball every single day, and there is nothing you can do about it. So suck. Baseball's back. And the Yankees are one and one. So I'll take it. Dan's fired up. I love it. Um, yeah, there's nothing you can do unless nah, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to create a whole spectrum of things here, but Just be excited. The baseball students be excited, be happy. Also be happy for this reason, because baseball season's here. It means the warmer weather is coming, which means everyone should be excited. It's gonna hit eighty in Washington D.C. Like so, the spring is is not it's it's sprung and then some. Spring has sprung. Yesterday was April Fool's Day. Ah, we're getting into it. All right, the big topic on hand during the off season was the pitch clock. We've now seen the pitch clock in action. We've seen games shortened, et cetera, et cetera. Dan, what do you think on the pitch clock? It's done wonders. The, not just the pitch clock, but the, the all the new rules in general, the bigger bases, you know, it, it's done wonders for the game so far. We've had more stolen bases. We've had more runs. And shorter game times. You can't tell me that people nowadays, and look, I understand that there's the old-time baseball fans in their 60s, 70s, 80s that are like, oh, we don't want anything to change. Old school baseball is the way it is. And believe me, I am a baseball purist, traditionalist, all that stuff. But at the same time, it is okay to tweak the game a little bit if it means more ratings, more money, and better play, better style of play, better pace of play. So, yeah, no, like, look, 
I'm a working person. I watch baseball at night. I work during the day. I don't got time to stay up till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night to watch a baseball game here. Like, I want to be in bed by 10 o'clock here. So, the bottom line is this. The pace of play is doing great. Uh, a lot of the games are were under two hours. I know the Met game on Friday was 2.09. The opening day, yeah, two of the games go two, two hours and 15 minutes or something like that. And that's good. This is what baseball needs. Baseball needs to have shortened game times so people can watch. And guess what? The faster pace of play, the more you're locked in because you can't miss a pitch. If you, you can mind the other rule, uh, the other rule that I happen to love, which is the three batter minimum for pitchers. Yes. That way, you know, not every five minutes a manager's coming out, mm-hmm. uh, lefty, lefty, righty, right, that stuff. Combine that with this, and we're in a good spot. The one caveat would be, I know they sync it up to when it's about 10 seconds on the score bug at, at on TV. Yeah. I would like kind of like the shot clock in basketball. Mm-hmm. Kind of just give it to us full. That way we know. Otherwise, in case there is some confusion at any point. But that's kind of my only nitpick at this point. It's weird because a lot of the, especially a lot of these uh, regional sports networks, they also, not only do they have baseball, they have basketball. Like, you would think that they would have perfected, you know, professionally putting the, connecting the pitch clock to their score graphic and stuff. Like you think they would have perfected that, but I, I, I don't know. That hockey, too, that they, they had the time in hockey as well. So you yeah. would think that, but it, it's kind of weird so far that they only put in the pitch clock. Like I know Yes Network on opening day, they put the pitch clock at the bottom of the screen, um, but they, 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 they have a picture of it, of the pitch clock. And it's just like, no, no, no. Do do what you do with basketball. Do what you do with uh, football. Do what you do with hockey. You add the time, the clock, to the score graphic, and that's how you that's how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> like SNY for the Mets has it in there, but it really doesn't show up until you hit ten seconds on the okay. clock. And, and and that's silly. Like we should we should be able to see. 20 seconds or 15 seconds. Yeah, because there was a play during the Blue Jays Cardinals game where uh yesterday where people got confused on what was going on. We thought there should have been an automatic ball. Mm-hmm. It turned out the clock wasn't properly reset. Yeah. Which was the rule, which is something they're gonna have to work out. But everyone is learning this at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it is a work in progress, but listen, they wanted shorter games. They've gotten them so far. Yeah, look, and it it's great. It's great for the sport. The game moves. And like I said, the more the game moves, you're more locked in. Look, this isn't football. Football can go three-plus hours and be perfectly fine because football is one game a week. Baseball, you're playing 162 games. And it's every single day. People don't got time for 
every single day to be up for three and a half hours watching baseball. They don't. And then imagine if you're going for going to a game. And I know people don't go to games all the time. But, like, you know, watching a slow game happen for three and a half hours, it's it gets annoying after a while. Like, I think I've been to many baseball games in my lifetime. In every single baseball game I've been to, I've missed innings at a time. Because I was like, I can't look at it. And I love baseball. Baseball's my favorite sport. Can't look at it all the time. This, you're locked in. There is just no way of missing. You can't miss the game. So it, it, it's really good. And, of course, the bigger bases, it, it's been wonders, too. Oh, the, the bigger bases. Mm, chef's kiss. Uh, yeah. Alex Gore was totally right. They do look like pizza boxes. Yeah. But. Listen, if you if you're gonna get more stolen bases into the game, I'm for that too. Yeah, and let's then, go course, get Ricky Henderson. Someone sign Ricky Henderson. Yeah, and now let's you see Ricky have, run. And now you also do you also can do it without risking so much injury. That yep. was another big thing is that players would often get injured because the bases were so small. Yeah, or they you know they slip when it rains because it's you know so. It, it, it's done wonders. So, so I'm, I'm happy that so far it's worked out. When they ever get into a groove, let's see. Like, you, you know, I could see much shorter games in two hours and nine minutes and stuff. And hey, you still got awesome. your whole day ahead of you. Yeah, it's great. All right. So that's pace of play pitch clock. We do have something else we do have to get into, and it involves the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Their third baseman, Anthony Rendon, is under investigation by Major League Baseball because I believe this was opening night, Thursday yes. night. Yeah, the you know he in- grabbed a fan by the jersey and actually took a swing mm-hmm. at the fan, not with a bat, with his hand, with his fist. Yeah. Actually, took a swing at the fan. So MLB is now investigating that, Dan. Yeah, and what was weird is that that night he went over three, and then proceeded to swing at this fan and completely missed him. <laughs> so he was like over four on swinging at anything and stuff. It was a it was pretty embarrassing uh, and stuff. But no, look, Rendon. So far, I don't think he's had a hit this season. So not only is he embarrassing himself on the field with his hitting, which is non-existent, he's embarrassing himself after the game. Look, I, I know fans are saying, and I think some of the uh, old uh, old uh, old timers are saying this. I know Dallas Braden has said it. Like, you know, fans. You have to expect that if you're going to be calling out these names to uh, baseball players and stuff, that you have to expect them to be human and come after you. Here's my argument against that. These ball players get millions of dollars every season to play a game. Millions of dollars. These fans that come to the ballpark, these low-life drunks, some of them are, some of them aren't, but for the most part, low-life drunks. 
they are paying customers. So million dollar ball players versus low lifes. And low lifes are calling out these million dollar ball players, a bunch of bitches or whatever the heck it was called. Guess what? If I'm a million dollar ball player, I keep walking. Unless I see some bullshit of malice at the palace. If I see that bullshit, excuse my language, that's one thing. If I don't see malice at the palace anywhere, I keep walking. You have nothing to say. So that's why I think Rendon's in the wrong. Because what, what can you, what is there to defend here that can possibly be defended? His actions are silly. His actions make the angels look bad. It makes himself look worse than the ball player that he already is. And you're you're pretty much, the bottom line, you're pretty much embarrassing everyone that represents you. And, you know, it's a waste of money for you and for the team. It looks bad. It looks terrible. You're you're right in the sense of if it's malice at the palace. The only other thing that would be in defense of Ren, the only other thing I would say in defense of Ren, um, if the guy talked to any length about his family, right? Because that's always yeah. off limits to me. Um, or if there was a derogatory term involved, which I don't know, I do not know. I just saw. A, a hackler, which yeah, we don't, things we, don't we don't really know what the, what he said. It, it was just out of nowhere. I don't know. We don't Listen, know here's my biggest problem: fans pay. You're right, fans pay. So when the price of admission is paid to get into the ballpark, they could cheer. They could kind of say what what they want at times. Do certain things cross like hundred percent. And that's why I admire guys who who don't overreact to certain things and, and things that happen. Anthony Rendon is one of the last people who should have this reaction based on the fact of he has done squat as a Los Angeles Angel of Anaheim. And listen, it, it, if the guy just said to Rendon, hey, you suck, guess what, Anthony? You haven't lived up to the contract mm-hmm. that you signed for millions upon millions of dollars. So in that sense, is it the pressure that's getting to you? I don't know. I don't know. But physical violence is never the answer. No, you, you can't. When it comes to players and fans. And you, you grabbing the fan. I mean, anything could have happened to the fan. The fan could have tumbled over that fan. You know, could have hurt himself on the railing because there was a railing there and it's wide open. And then had you connected on that slab, that's assault. He can sue you. Yeah. He can call the cops on you. So it looks bad. It it looks terrible. And and so, honestly, people that defend Rendon, while I get it, there's there's no way to defend it. You're wrong. 
because you're wrong. You should issue a public apology. It's bad for not not only you, it's bad for your organization. Like you mentioned before, it's bad for the teammates involved because now they have to go out of their way to defend you as well as kind of walk the line. Mm -hmm. So if you're Anthony Rendon, I don't know what you're thinking. If you're Phil Nevin, I'd like to have a conversation with this. But here's the deal. And baseball should come down here on Rendon. Yeah. Despite whatever this heckler dude said, baseball has to come down because physical violence between fans and players is not an answer. We don't want malice at the palace baseball version. We just don't. Yeah, I mean, overall, like you know, for for a sport that's you know dying in the rating, dying amongst popularity, like this is the last thing that it yep. needs. Like the headlines of a of a what should be a special weekend, opening weekend in baseball. Baseball's back, everyone's excited, and then you have stuff like this come out. Like it 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 does not it 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 takes away from the excitement. And it just puts a negative light to the game. And, you know, this is my favorite game. And I don't like that. Uh, It's very disrespectful to me. Yeah. It's one step forward, two steps back. If you really want to, you really want to hurt that fan, Anthony, hit a jack, hit a homer, and and then go, how do you like me now? Yeah. That's why I always say to these people, talk on the field, man. You know, if people give you crap, talk on the field. Do play better defense. Play good. Uh, hit all well on the on the offense. You know, hit home runs. Hit doubles. Produce some run for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Like do everything while yeah. on the field of play. Yeah, do what you're supposed to do. So and really earn your contract because he hasn't earned his contract. And what what is it now? Year five or so of that deal? No, this would be. He signed after the Nats won the World Series, so that was 19. So this would be year four? Something like that. Year four. Three year or four. four. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, you to factor in, uh, and, and you're I'll, right. I'll, he he does not have a hit yet. He, he yeah. does have an RBI. He did his sack fly yesterday. Uh, uh, okay. Well, one one meeting. But he's 0 for 6. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't count. <laughs> So we'll we'll wait to see what ba- the punishment baseball drops on Anthony Rendon for this incident that took place in Oakland. Um, but th- we're at Sunday. We do have some big games that are rubber games. The Yankees and the Giants have a rubber game this afternoon. Uh, the Cubs and Brewers have a rubber game this afternoon. Uh, but. Dan, through two games, your your thoughts so far here on the Yanks? Not too bad. Um, they scored a lot of runs, so that's very encouraging. You know, I think five runs apiece so far for the Yankees. So uh, that's equal ten runs. That's it. It's not bad. You gain production out of the people that you were expected to. Judge Stanton, heck, Donaldson's also done pretty well. Uh, and the pitching's been okay. The, the bullpen, obviously, Clay Holmes had a bad night trying to, you know, hold 
the Giants. They, he didn't do a good job at that. And um, But Schmidt actually did a good job. The bullpen was actually fairly decent. Uh, and then, of course, opening day, they were unstoppable. Cole was fantastic, 11 strikeouts, all that stuff. Um, I believe that's like – isn't that like an opening day record or tied opening day record? I think it tied the record, yes. Yeah, so he – so, yeah, Cole's looking phenomenal so far. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, so far I'm seeing a lot of runs scored and the pitching doing a good job. But they're one and one. So, you know, it's a, it's too early to tell what this team is going to look like. But I'm very, very encouraged by the, the hitting and the pitching. So, so I was looking at the schedules while I was making the run. And I found this really interesting. They start the year with the Giants over opening weekend. Mm-hmm. And then starting tomorrow night, the Phillies coming to town, so they're starting off with back-to-back interleague series. Yeah, it, it's it's odd. I I know it's a it's a balanced schedule year, so I know mm-hmm. they're trying to face everybody. Which I, I let me tell you, love mm-hmm. the balance. Oh yeah, no, it, it look obviously you take a, a massive hit in terms of division games. I think they drop like twenty-five division games mm-hmm. uh, season in favor of getting every team to face each other. But it's necessary because what we've learned and what the Phillies have taught us last year, you don't necessarily need a division to get to the World Series. Now it's all about getting to October. And once you're October, if you're a good enough team, you know, you can make a big run. And the the other part is it it allows everyone to see the superstars every year as opposed to every three or four years. So argument's sake, the, the Yankees playing the Padres. Yeah. You get to see Tatis and Machado. It, and if you're in San Diego, you get to see Aaron Judge. Exactly. And, and Sorry, and, Giants fans, you have to sell for arson, Judge, but that's a whole other conversation. It, it's, it's a guarantee that stars are going to visit your ballpark, whether it's every year or every other year or back-to-back years, however the heck they want to do it. Like, it's a guarantee that these major league stars or up-and-coming stars are going to visit your ballpark. And, and that's great because the people have gone years. There's teams that have gone years without visiting many different teams. Yeah, it puts butts in the seats everywhere. Like, sorry to put you down here, Pirate fans, but the Pirates stink to a degree. Mm-hmm. But, hey, the Angels come to town. Mike Trout and Otani. Mm-hmm. I'm going to PNC. Exactly. Despite my team being terrible. Yeah. It, so that that's what this is about. It's awesome stuff. Yeah, you know, of course, that's something that as a Knicks fan, I had to suffer for a long time. Terrible Knicks teams. But, hey, Kobe Bryant's in town. LeBron's in town. Garden's going to be packed and stuff. Yeah. This is what I want to see in baseball. It, it's what you want to see in a lot of please this guy's yeah. come i'm in let's yeah. go it, 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 it's yeah. really it's good stuff and look i i have been very critical of manfred for how he's handled union stuff yeah. contract talks and all that stuff when it comes to rules he has nailed it so far so this is a good sign yeah. balance schedule he's nailed the pitch clock he's nailed the bigger bases he's nailed my one my one huge gripe still with Rob Manfred is I do not love the runner at second base for extra innings. Yeah, I know. But you know what, Mike? Here's the thing. 
I'm I'm a purist, so I'm yep. all about you know doing it the the, the right way, the hard way. Yeah, earn your run. But if it's just a regular season and they're promising that it's just yep. a regular season, I can live with a 162 game. If it spills into the playoffs, then we'll have a th- th- then we have a problem. Because but I'm even willing to compromise, Rob. If you want to start them at first, okay, I'll compromise on that. Yeah, I, I just feel second. I get it. It's also for timing, and we don't want these twenty inning games anymore. But it also just feels—I don't know. But I feel like putting the Ghost Runner at first would also speed up the game, right? Like, not- oh. Whoever made the last out of the ninth, are you going to pinch run with a speedster or and take that bat out? That's another thing I don't like about the rule. Why does it have to be the last runner? Why can't it be any runner? Why can't it be any courtesy runner? I can't. I get. I guess prefer how the lineup works. But, but if it's just a, if it's a ghost runner, who cares? If he's a ghost runner, he's invisible. No one can see him. So how, how do we even know he's I mean, there? Yeah, I don't know. Casper's the ghost runner. So, yeah, I mean, look, obviously they're trying to do it in a way that makes sense for lineup purposes and order mm-hmm. purposes. So I, I get that part of it. But I, my argument is, like, if, if it's just, an, if it's just a, a runner, like, you know, yeah. put anybody in there, even, even if it's just someone off the bench that could have speed. Yeah, and, and, and that's usually what it becomes and, if it's. And it, doesn't, and it doesn't count as a substitution because he's just a runner. It's a really good thought. Like if it's a ghost runner, hey, I'm gonna put the flash at second base, and you know, the team should should 100 like have options. Like obviously, the first option is to put the runner, the the put the batter last, who was last to get out at uh, second base. But then you should have the option to also be like, well, instead of having him, let's put someone off the bench. And have it not count towards the substitution because you know, that wouldn't be fair. Yeah. So, uh, if that that's right now, that's my biggest gripe with my, Rob Manfred. But it's okay because we, we're enjoying the balanced schedule. We enjoy the pitch clock. So, so Rob, you're doing a, a halfway decent job. Yeah. That's what I'll call it. Under um, the series this coming week. Yankees, Phillies, we mentioned before. The Yankees rubber game today in at the at Yankee Stadium against the Giants. The Phillies are looking to avoid the sweep at the hands of the Texas Rangers this, today. This is odd for the Phillies. I, I don't remember a time where the Phillies were swept by a team that honestly they're they're superior to the Rangers. You know, I. I think the Rangers are a better team this season, for sure. But uh, it can't be by that much, you know. The thing I find interesting is the Phillies' offense has done done work, like way more than enough. They they torched Jacob Degrom opening day, yeah. And then you know yesterday they scored some. They haven't pitched well. Nola struggled. Zach Wheeler struggled yesterday, and, and if. I, I apologize to to the people of Philadelphia for this, but if those two guys aren't good, the Phillies aren't going anywhere. 
Because I, I, I like Tywan Walker. Tywan Walker's not an ace of a staff. He's not. Like, you can't expect him to go in there and give you a billion innings of less, three or less runs. Like, it just, it, it's not in his DNA. So, those are the two top pitchers. And it could just be you no know, first game jitters and yep. stuff. Which, which can easily be corrected by confidence-boosting games. But those games have to come soon because the Phillies, right now, they're in major trouble with the lineup. Not too much major trouble because they scored. But, again, Texas Rangers we're talking about. Here. You know, so if your pitching can't get it together, then the Phillies are going to lose a lot of games. They've given up 27 runs in these two games. That's brutal, man. Like, like brutal. That that's not good stuff. And tonight, they're they're the Sunday night game. This Sunday night game, uh, according to ESPN, it'll be Bailey Falter against Martin Perez. So that should be your pitching matchup tonight on Sunday night. Uh, I would expect because the Yankees are going to go with the back half of the rotation against them. So I would, I would, I would want them to, you know, obviously be careful with the Phillies lineup because they've shown without Reese Hoskins and without Bryce Harper that they're just as dangerous. So the Yankee pitching, they have to be if they're as decent as they are now. I think they'll be okay. Yankee hitting also has to help out here. So it's a kind of a two-way street type of thing. You give mm-hmm. and you give back and all that stuff. Yeah. It, um, but you also have to hope that the Phillies pitching is also really bad. Yeah, yeah if, if they keep struggling. Yeah. The, and you got to keep them in the ballpark. Schwarber, who's going to love that short porch in Yankee yeah. Stadium. Oh, my God. I, I – uh, and look, Alec Bohm's off to a nice start through two games. Uh, Trey Turner is a stud. Listen, if you like offensive fireworks, that's the series this mm-hmm. week. Well, Phillies, it's, a, it's a great ballpark, Yankee Stadium. And if you think about both ballparks of those two teams oh, yeah, playing yeah. Citizens common. Bank for Philly, hit or heaven. Yeah, it's both, both hit or heaven. So. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, we got a big one in the net. Na- we got a couple of big ones in the National League. The Braves go to St. Louis to play the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Braves are beating up on the Nationals currently, while the Cardinals are playing a tough series against the Toronto Blue Jays, who, if you listened last week, I have a high expectation for and They've, they've stood toe-to-toe with the Blue Jays. That was a great game opening day. Ten, I think it was a 10-9 finish mm-hmm. for the Blue Jays. And then yesterday, Jack Flaherty walked the world, but you know, was able to find a way to get a dub for the Cardinals. And listen, I think these are the two of the better teams in the National League, Dan, the Braves and the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals um, so far have been have actually done pretty well. Mm-hmm. They, they just got they got a little unlucky with the Blue Jays scoring 10 runs. Like, you know, it it, it happens. There's, there's not much you can do about that. 
But the Cardinals have done, I mean, despite the the massive amount of runs on Thursday, they've actually done an okay job. The Braves are taking care of business against a really bad Nationals team. And rightfully so. They scored seven runs in both games. And the Nationals give you absolutely nothing. So it's well-deserved. And the Braves should beat the Nationals every time. And look, bad games happen, but they should win every time. And that's something for the Mets and the Phillies also. Like, you have to take advantage of the Nationals. The Marlins aren't going to be aren't the pushover. It's the Nationals. So what I've the seen, one- what, what I've seen, I'll get to your next point in a second, but what I've seen out of Patrick Corbin, what I've seen out of Josiah Gray has been nothing but disaster. Disaster. And the one thing about the Braves is opening day, they lost Max Free to a hamstring. So that's something to watch, but yeah, and, and the Braves lineup is gonna break. You know that. That was tough to watch too, because Freed was actually on a roll. He was he wasn't doing too bad. Um, he, but. I I know he's so good, but I still feel like he's under underappreciated and undervalued. But I get what the Braves are doing with him, though. Like I, I feel <laughs> like they they don't want to necessarily commit to him because they commit to so many people. Um, without knowing for sure if he's the guy. Yeah. So, and then Spencer Strider pitched yesterday, and that I, I know I shouldn't like him as a Met fan, but that that tremendous mustache he's got makes me a believer. I'm sorry, I, I can't help it. I'm a I'm a sucker for a good mustache. So, uh, it's actually a huge. Next week is a huge week for the Braves. They go to St. Louis, and then next weekend they go home. And the Padres go to town. Yeah. So that that's a huge week for the Atlanta Braves. Um, let's see what else we we got the Giants and the White Sox in interleague play as well next week. The the White Sox who've had a chance to win each of the first three games against the Houston Astros. You know they're one and two, but they've had a chance to win all three of those games. They're off to a decent start. No one and two is not great, but I like the White Sox, Dan. I I really, really like the White Sox in the Central. I think we can forgive them for facing a, an Astros team that, let's be real, you know, should be three and out right now. So I think I think we can forgive them for two losses. To a, a much a much tougher division opponent in, in the AL West, so once they start facing the Central Division, I think we'll start to to really see what type of team the White Sox are. Uh, and of course, interleague play as well. We'll start to definitely see the type of team they are. I don't think facing the, the Nationals team that we know for, for sure is going to make another run for the division and another World Series run. I think it's a little unfair to just blurt out and say, well, this is bad. It's not. And, you know, they've been in every game, so that that helps. And and their starting pitch, Dylan Cease was amazing on opening night. Tremendous. I mean, he he he, he never ceased to amaze us like that. 
Lance Lynn was pretty good Friday night. And then Giolito at times was okay yesterday. And if Giolito is anything like he was in prior to 2020, that's a huge, huge boost to this team. For sure, yeah. Because they, they with that lineup, they should score runs. If those top three guys do what they do, they're they're as good as anybody in baseball. So, Giants, White Sox, Cardinals, Braves, Phillies, Yankees. The Mets go to Milwaukee to play the Brewers. Brewers will play a rubber game today at Wrigley. The Mets will play in Miami. Look, take three or four. I'm just. I'm not a believer in the Brewers. I'm not. I love the top two in that rotation of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. It's just I don't know, Dan, how they're gonna score runs. Yeah, no, that's a that's a it's a tough one to swallow if you're the Brewers. And I think the Mets will also they'll probably they'll probably have a trap game, one of one of these series games. They'll probably be a trap for them. But it should this should be an easy series for them to win. There yeah, should be well, no excuses, and and if they lose, then Buck has a lot of explaining to do because there's just no way. Let, they can. And and I'll say this on, on what I've seen so far from the Mets: Scherzer was good opening day. Tyler McGill was up and down yesterday. All due respect. Um, Friday night, Dave Peterson was really good. Gave up one run, still lost. But if this team can get offense from guys like Vogelback, if they can get offense from whoever's going to play catcher, those those are huge benefits because the guys in the minors might need a little bit more seasoning. But I'll say this, Eduardo Escobar, you better watch out because Brett Beatty's coming. Mm-hmm. He had two homers in Syracuse yesterday. Yeah. If he if he's ready to go and Escobar continues to struggle, I wonder how long Buck and company wait. But give give Beatty a month of great baseball in AAA, and he'll be up <laughs> in majors by May. Yeah. So. so Kodai Senga makes his debut today. And the bullpen for the Mets has been pretty good. So that that was concern of mine. But Robertson's been good through two outings. Drew Smith's looked really good, at, which would be a huge boost to that bullpen. So the Mets going to Milwaukee starting tomorrow and the series in Miami today. So those are the big series for the week kind of deal. Um yeah. Is there anything else, Dan, you're looking forward to this week outside of just, hey, we get more baseball? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, I am very interested in seeing the Orioles play the Rangers. Ooh. The Orioles have actually done a fairly good job against the Red Sox. I know that they split the first two games, but – you know this this range. They should have won yesterday if they don't I drop know. that fly ball. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. The you got you gotta catch the damn ball. Hey, come on now, <laughs> come on. Um, 
But yeah, the, the Orioles have actually done a very good job. The Rangers have scored runs, but the pitching's weird. I I'm curious. I, I want to watch that game, uh, Orioles and Rangers. I want to really see like uh, how that turns out. And then uh, I also want to watch the Padres too. The Padres and D-backs, the division matchup that should be really really exciting to to see there. I got. I can watch the Padres all day. Mm-hmm. Great lineup, great pitching staff, great broadcasting. The the Padre. Listen, I I know people are going to say it's a cliche, but the Padres are fun, mm-hmm. and they just extended Jay Cronenworth seven years, eighty million it's a bucks. Good deal. That's a good good price for him too. Yeah, you're not going into triple digits. And I think, I don't know if I read this or, or heard it, but it's kind of like how the Mets extended Jeff McNeil. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit more on term for Cronenworth, but same kind of player, contact. And those guys need big stuff. So Cronenworth stays in San Diego. That whole team is locked up. Yeah, like and then, that whole team is locked and, up. And we and now we just wait for Tatis to get back on his feet. And we know he missed a lot, lot of time, missed the whole season, um, and missing a lot of this season too. So he's missing a lot. But you know, one one thing I'm very impressed about with Fernando Tatis. Is that he's still working at it? Like he's not—he's not taking this break as if you know he's just chilling out and, and not doing anything. He's actually preparing for his time in the season to come in and be the player that he—we all know he can be. And when that when he gets back into that lineup, boy, there's no easy feat in that. You're going through. Rodgers fans are going to be excited. He's an exciting ball player. Oh, they that, that, built that team, man. Yeah. Him, Machado, Bogarts, Soto. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's ridiculous how deep and how good that lineup is. That that is the definition of a fantasy lineup. Yeah. <laughs> That's like MLB the Show type of thing. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, the, the, that's like you have a dream of what you want to see on a video game. You put it together because you can, and you just go out and you just rake. Oh. Yeah, so T- Tatis should be back sometime later in April. But, oh, boy, the race in the the race in the West, the race everywhere is going to be fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know what? I, I really don't think these teams are as bad as a lot of people make them out to be. Like, I don't think the Royals are as bad as people make them out to be. I could be wrong, but if I'm seeing a lot of good stuff out of Bobby Wood Jr., I would love the heck out of the Royals. Yeah, if they, if they can get Bobby Witt and some of their other guys, to, young guys to hit – and yeah. just figure out who's the number two guy behind Brady Singer. Yeah. That they can 
They're not a pushover. The Tigers, like, the Tigers have pieces. Let's see them take the next step. Yeah. I mean, they they also have a – they also have the veteran in in Baez, Javi Baez. Baez. Maggie's in his last year. Yeah. So – and I you know, believe they 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 mess with the dimensions at Comerica Park, so mm. it's easier to hit out if they if they're looking for home runs. I don't know if they are, but I mean, if only they did that during his prime. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, you're gonna wait till Mickey's last year to change dimensions? Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't get these ballparks. Like, I, I get it, pitching pitching parks, whatever, fine. Camden Yards is like that now, but who the hell cares? Chicks dig the long ball. If you haven't heard, they don't dig the strikeout. No, they they dig the long ball. Dan's right. You know, <laughs> everyone digs the long ball. Yeah. Now, no one digs the small ball anymore. <laughs> and look, we talk about teams that. We expect to take the next leap. I expect the Nationals to take the next leap. People are crushing the Nationals as if, as if they're going to have a historically bad season. I don't see that. I don't. I can see them winning 70 games. Call me crazy. I think they can win 70 games. If they put a nice run together, if they get all their pitching in line, it's going to take them a while, and that's expected. They're young pitchers facing big-time teams in their division, one across the National League, too. And then, you know, you have the American League. But you know what? Expose them. Expose them. And you have players like a Dom Smith that's done it already, a Jamer Candelario that's done it already. You know, there's there's just no way to say, why not? And, and you need some of your own guys to take the next step. Victor, Ro- listen, I, I, I've heard a lot about Victor Robles. He hasn't hit. He's been dreadful. He, he, he can defend. He can run. He, he hasn't hit. So I need him to hit. I need, I need some of these, see what some of these young guys have. And you, you may not be crazy. Yeah. Even and like, they may win 70 games if they find like, their a, way. A Tybert Ruiz will also nice to be coming out. Yeah. You know. So, you know, that there's so, – listen – it's opening week. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their hopes up and belief system raises through the roof. It's not like the family guy cut away. There's the pitch and the season's over. No, no we this is gonna be it's gonna be an exciting season. And I, I'm yeah. liking it so far. Between all the new rules and all the great players that are out there, it's great. I love it. Yeah, so we're excited. We'll cover this every week. We may even jump into twice a week with batter up. Yeah, we'll, we're still working on that. We're still working on deets, details yeah. for that, but we'll keep you updated. You can listen to this as a podcast on uh, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. You check us out YouTube. We live stream the show every week. You can check out the Twitter at S insanity real. Yep. Boom. Got that going too. And you can check out the website www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for great blogs, 
vlogs and planes, trains, and automobiles. And for Danny Boy Reginald, Dan Rines, I am Mike Rifkin. Thank you for tuning in to Batter Up, part of the Sports Insanity Network. Have a great Sunday, everybody, and namaste. Peace, folks. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.